You're listening to the Money Train Sports Betting Podcast. Now, here are your degenerate hosts, Derek Timmons and Uncle Chad. Yeah, baby. Welcome into another episode of the Money Train Sports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Timmons. My co-host is yours as always, Uncle Chet. How y'all doing? How you doing? It's been a week. How you, how, how, how you holding up there? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's getting to the point where it's close enough uh, for kickoff where I'm feeling it. So I'm trying to to pick up hobbies here. I'm watching uh, my Braves and Jake Odorizzi finally have a good start, and we have no runs, so things are going great. Hey, but you know what? Legend has it. Scott Frost is about to attempt another onside kick. <laughs> oh, God. Don't, don't <laughs> remind me. Don't remind me. Were, were you involved in that game? Were you involved in anything yesterday? I pretty much blacked everything out. I'm sure I had a piece of it, but yeah, <laughs> yesterday is basically a blur. All, all I know is Scott Frost is... Uh, he just applied uh, for a route sales supervisor, so I'll be interviewing him on Monday. <laughs> God, uh, he just gets, keeps on getting worse and worse. Anyways, we got a full episode for you guys today. I'm so excited. We're finally able to talk NFL futures. And let's get it started. Marty! You've got to come back with me! Where? Back to the future! All right, NFL futures. Um, I'll, I kind of want to start how I want to do this. Like, I kind of want to go division by division, and um, and go from there. What do you think? Sounds like a plan. I have uh, more notes than I know what to do with. So, hard part <laughs> will be finding them. Oh uh, yeah, let's start with the division that had pretty much the biggest offseason. That's the AFC West. This division's absolutely loaded. Every team's a playoff contender in this division. Uh, Chiefs are the obvious favorite to win this division, but I feel like they're gonna they're gonna take a step step back this season. They're at plus one sixty right now. Chargers plus two fifty. Broncos plus two sixty, and Las Vegas Raiders at plus sixty five. What's what's your takeaway here on this division? Yeah, yeah. The odds I have are uh, there's obviously not a uh, a prohibitive favorite. These odds basically are saying that. Vegas doesn't really have much of an idea as to what's going to happen here. So the only thing that you can, the only inference you can really make is that they don't think much of the Raiders. There's a, a plus 400 drop off from Denver to Oakland. At least that's what I'm seeing here. Um, I mean, obviously I think Denver seems like a bit of a stretch, but I think it really boils down to the Chiefs and the, uh, the Chargers for me. What do you think? Yeah, they seem to be the trendy pick here in this division. Um, you know, Justin Herbert's coming in his third season. They they bolstered up their defense with um Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. However, he's J.C. Jackson's gonna miss the first couple weeks of the season with with his knee injury. So that if that t- comes into effect, I don't I don't really want to bet on this division on at least to start the season on who's gonna win it. I kind of want to see how the first few weeks play out. Where I'm more interested in this division is the win totals. Every all three out of four teams in this division have a ten and a half win total, and then there's the Raiders at eight and a half win wins. Yeah, I I just think that there's so much change going on with this particular division. I think the loss of Tyreek Hill is extremely underreported. I know it's a, it's a big name. 
everyone's talking about Miami acquiring him. They're really not talking about how it actually keeps by losing him. You know, aside from him, they don't necessarily have a bunch of team speed. Uh, I think that's definitely going to impact them specifically early in the season. I, I think the Chargers, you know, obviously are extremely talented, but I think I could probably speak from for both of us and I say, I don't trust Brandon Staley one bit. I don't think he's a very good head coach. I think he's too analytics driven. And I think when it comes down to it, he's, he's just not a very good decision maker. Not that Andy Reid is late in game, but I think that uh, if I had to choose between the two, I would, I would certainly choose Andy Reid. You don't like Staley's aggressiveness? I kind of dig it. It's kind of it's kind of different change of pace. I, I certainly, you know, I can see it, but you've got to pick your spots. You can't go for it on fourth and five and in your own end of the uh, end of the field in a, in a relatively close game. I mean, I don't care what analytics say. <laughs> uh, you know, it, you know, sure, the analytics probably say that it's the right move, but if you were to ask any knowledgeable football fan, I, I think that they would disagree with that. So, you know, I, I think that the uh, the Chiefs are the favorites for a reason. Uh, I think this is a pretty reasonably priced division. If you put a gun to my head, I would take Kansas City, but I would still write about it either way. This is probably the easiest pass for me of all the divisional. Yeah, you know, I, I always go for I go for like fourth and twenty on my own two two on Madden all the time when I get it, but I guess I'm not playing <laughs> Madden. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you're also not playing for your job, too, which Brandon Staley might be doing here. I'm not sure of his contract situation. Could, yeah. but when, he could be on the hot seat. A, yeah, when you have as talented a team as he has, in the top, probably top 10 talent in the league, you can't continuously miss the playoffs. I mean, I think Colin Coward said it best is that uh, Justin Herbert was the best quarterback to not make the playoffs last year. So in a quarterback-driven league, you have to make the playoffs. And last year was you know, the year for him, and I think that a few coaches mistakes uh, here and there were really different between a win or, you know, a win and a half. So, uh, yeah, I, I certainly can't trust him with the uh, Yeah, if you look at their win totals in this division, 10.5 for the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos, and 8.5 for the Raiders. All those teams have tough schedules. They're going to beat up on each other in, within the division, and then they also play the NFC West, which is the the second toughest division in the NFL, where they're gonna get six tough. I mean, they're gonna ha- they're gonna have three tough games on top of their their six divisional games. So that's nine tough games that each of these teams in this AFC West are gonna have. So it's hard for me to imagine any of these teams getting eleven wins. It's it's definitely possible. I, I could definitely see the Chargers or even the Broncos. Broncos have the best, best of defense in this division, in my opinion. Um, so if it's any, I think only, I can only see one team going above ten half wins in this division, and my pick would either be the Chargers or the Broncos. And anything else, if you bet under, you'd be a safe bet on the Chiefs under ten and a half. The the Raiders, that's more of a pass in, in on my in my in my opinion. Yeah, I think that if there is any value at all, it's probably with the Raiders, but I'm certainly, uh, I'm a gambler, but I'm not that much of a gambler. Uh, when you're when you're looking at the strength of schedule, the Chiefs actually played the weakest strength of schedule um, of all 32 NFL teams, according to last year's you know, record, which take that with a grain of salt. But that does factor in, you know, where your home games are, where your road games are. So, they're projected to win 10.5 games. So they seem to be about right. And the uh, the Raiders play the 30th easiest schedule. So it looks like they've been uh, a benefactor of some, some lucky home games. So 
again, I, I would, if you put a gun to my head, I would bet the Chiefs, but the value side of me certainly says to look at the Raiders, who are absolutely loaded on offense. They should definitely benefit from adding a number one receiver. And their pass rush is fantastic. So I'm not quite sure I understand why they're such a huge dog here. Um, but nonetheless, they are. So good value with the Raiders. But, yeah, if you force me to bet it, I bet. All right, let's go to the AFC East. Um, is this the Bills division? Everybody else, that's certainly how, how Vegas has it. Uh, I, I would certainly say so. I mean, jumping off the uh, – <laughs> just, just looking right at the odds, which – which are brought to you from Caesars, which are a pretty consensus book. Uh, Buffalo is a minus 220 favorite, followed by New England at 450 and Miami at 450. I, I feel like New England is possibly getting a little too much love here, but that's, that's probably the Belichick factor. Uh, what are you thinking here, Derek? Uh, this is the Bills division. Something really crazy would have to happen. You know, Josh Allen get have a season-ending injury or something something crazy for the Bills not to win this division. Um, I think the Patriots are going to take a step back, but as you, as you just said, it's hard, it's hard. It's hard to pick against Bill Belichick. You know, they're in some ways a surprising team last year making the playoffs, although they did get blown out <laughs> against the Bills. Um, the Dolphins, they're they're interesting, very interesting team this season. They added Tyreek Hill. Uh, new coach Mike McDaniel, who's a run game coordinator for my San Francisco 49ers, really, really rooting for him there. And Tua, uh, they're really counting on him to take a step forward this season. And and second year wide receiver Jalen Waddle really had a really good rookie season. They're hoping he could build off of that. And this defense figures to be better second season or first season under Mike McDaniel's and new system. So. Their win total is eight and a half as well. Will they get there? I'm not exactly sure. That's a pass in my opinion. The Jets, I like I like Robert Robert Sala. He was our defensive coordinator. I'm rooting for him, but it's not looking good for them once again this season. I'm gonna miss Zach Wilson for a week or just two to begin the season. Is what it's looking like. Yeah, I, I think a couple uh, notes I have here. You know, I think that uh, obviously the Pats get to even name an offensive coordinator. So I, I think that's huge. Uh, Patricia and, uh, and Joe Judge, the, the cast off from uh, from other teams, are, are basically going to be kind of splitting play calling. Uh, Josh McDaniels leaving. Who knows how big of uh, the continuity issues are going to be for Mac Jones. So second-year player, that could be huge. Uh, and again, Miami really shored up their offensive line in the in the offseason. They signed, you know, three-time Pro Bowl with Aaron Armstead Saints. Uh, you know, in, in his final press conference with the Saints, Sean Payton named him an absolute tremendous leader. So I think that that's something that Miami is going to be huge and, and, and benefit from. Uh, Miami surrendered 40 sacks last year, which was 11th worst in the league. That should be shored up. I think Tyree Hill's addition to the offense is really going to cause problems for defenses and really open up the running game. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I have my eyes on Miami, but I do feel like Buffalo, and pardon my French here, is in the fucking score. They've, uh, they've gotten close a few times, and I, I feel like they're really close to uh, to kicking the door down. I think Miami is going to be a definite wild card team, and I think they're going to cause some problems in the division. But this is, this is Buffalo's division to lose. They know it. Um, you know, obviously you have Dave Ball taking the head coaching job with the Giants, so that could that could be an issue. Uh, but you have Ken Dorsey taking over as the offensive coordinator. For those of you who don't know, Ken Dorsey has been the uh, the quarterback coach for the Bills for the previous three years. So there there is some continuity there. 
could add a little bit of a wrinkle to the playbook. So, again, I, I don't see why Buffalo isn't going to make a deep playoff run. You know, we'll get more in where we think they're going to end up at the end of the season. But at minus two twenty, that's still phenomenal value. I don't, I don't see uh, you losing that bet. What do you think of the the Dolphins' win total eight and a half? You think they get there? You think they get the over? I so. Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, the division you should have three solid wins uh, from uh, the. the uh, let's take a quick look at Miami's schedule. So bear with me here, Dolphins. 2022 schedule. Yeah, they open so against the Patriots, on the road against the Ravens. So let's see here. So yeah, open up against New England. So their road games are at Baltimore, at Cincinnati, at San Francisco, at Chargers, obviously. They get the Vikings at home, which is a game I think they can win. Yeah, so we, we're looking at eight and a half here. So obviously I think they can... Uh, I think their win total eight and a half actually looks quite a uh, quite good value. Yeah, I think that they can play above five hundred uh, divisional or uh, division ball, and I think they've got a relatively weak road schedule and a pretty favorable home schedule. So they should be a really good home team, and if they can even play five hundred on the road, they should easily uh, easily eclipse that eight and a half win total. So yeah, certainly value there. Uh, what's the juice on that? Uh, let's see. I think I don't see yeah. any juice here. I think it's even money. Yeah, if it's not juiced to the over or been pushed up to nine, I would be shocked. But yeah, if you can get it at eight and a half at anything under minus one twenty, I think you've got yourself a fantastic bet. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the AFC North. This div- this is another division that's loaded. Ravens, I got I mean, I'm looking at Vegas Insiders, so we're looking at two different odds here. Um I got the Ravens at plus one forty, Bengals plus one seventy five. Browns plus 375 and Pittsburgh plus 900. This is one of the more up in the up in the air divisions. Cincinnati won it last year um, and they figured it'd be better this season. But Pittsburgh got plus 900. That's kind of <laughs> they're never out of it with Mike Tomlin. I mean <laughs> that's that's kind of juicy to me. I'm I kind of, I'm kind of licking my lips looking at that. What do you think? What do you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers? I mean they made it to the playoffs with with the corpse known as Ben Roethlisberger last season. Yeah, I think uh, I think last year was the perfect storm. I think the uh, the Bengals were still you know working through a developmental year, and obviously we saw what happened when they when they finally clicked. I think Baltimore took a step back. If I remember correctly, Lamar Jackson was in and out. So I, I do think that it may have been a little bit smoke and mirrors with how Pittsburgh got the playoffs. But the division got significantly better. Um, I think that the uh, the Bengals, in my personal opinion, are the class of the division. And uh, I think that unless you have an elite quarterback in this league, it, it's going to be very difficult to a win the division and b make it to the playoff run. So yeah, for me, it's a uh, it's great value. You might be able to hedge on it if that's your if that's your ultimate goal. But I certainly wouldn't hold on to the ticket the whole season. Yeah, I'm kind of baffled the Browns at plus 375. I figured the, the Steelers would be ahead of them in the odds department to win the division with Deshaun Watson being suspended for 11 games. And their over-under is at 8.5. I, that's an easy under, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to hit eight wins this season. That's 11 games with Jacoby Brissett. He's he's a fine backup, but he's, he's going to come in there and win you a game or two, but he's not going to come in there and keep you – Keep you afloat, keep you at like five hundred for Deshaun Watson to come back. Given he doesn't well, I, have talent around him, but I, I just don't see it with the Browns hitting that 
second and a half with Watson being suspended 11 games this season. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at their schedule early. So if I remember correctly, how many games is uh, Watson suspended for? Is it six or seven? Or no, it's 11, right? It's 11 now, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's more than <laughs> that's basically three quarters of their season. So, yeah, you can, in my opinion, you can rule the Steelers out. I think you can easily rule um, the Browns out. I think the Browns are a team on the rise down the road, but their defense is only get, defense and running game are only going to be able to keep them in so many games. So, you know, what jumps out to me really looking at this division is, is last year Joe Burrow was sacked 55 times, which was third most in the NFL. And despite that, was able to have a, what, 34 TDs and, uh, and 14 picks. So, you know, he's running for his life, and he still has, he's an above-average quarterback with a 54.3 QBR. So now let's go even further back. They have three new starting offensive linemen. Uh, they added Lael Collins, Alex Kappa, and Ted Karras. Uh, now, are those all-world offensive linemen? Absolutely not. However, it is a significant upgrade. Uh, so I, you know, obviously I think that the Bengals are a fantastic team on paper. I think they gained a lot of experience from last year's deep playoff run. But as much as this is a bet on the Bengals to win the division, which I like, by the way, except that uh, plus 170, if I'm seeing the same thing you are, let's go ahead and look at Lamar Jackson's numbers. So let me start by saying this. He's gotten worse every single season. So 2019, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions. 2020, 26 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. 2021, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And his quarterback rating has dipped by at least 15 points every single year the last three years. I am not a Lamar Jackson guy. I think that his own his own cousin, if I'm wrong, decided to uh, to request a trade because it wasn't a, quote, right fit. So, you know, I think that the Bengals or the, the Ravens are going to win a lot of low-scoring games. But if they get put in a situation where they've got to trade points, it's just not going to happen. The statistics on paper are telling you that the NFL defensive coordinators are figuring, figuring Lamar out. I love Lamar. I love his story. But I'm sorry, I just do not think he can win with it. So for me, I think it's, uh, it's, it's Bengals or pass all the way. You don't think in a contract year that's going to that's gonna provide a, or more, a uh, more motivated Lamar Jackson? Well, let me ask you this. Who's he throwing to? Because I believe, to the best of my understanding, he lost his two top receivers, uh, Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown. Watkins, uh, really, at this point in his career, Watkins wasn't much of a receiver. He was number three receiver at best in that offense. Yeah, and I, I, yeah and I, but then again, you've also got Ronnie Staley going down. Um, so, again, for a guy who already has accuracy issues, now he's going to have even a shorter duration to throw, and he's going to force him to run more, which, again, will play into the narrative of him getting hurt and taking unnecessary hits. So, yeah, I, I think that in a contract year, you know, he he certainly will be more motivated. But let me ask you this. Do you think there are a lot of general managers in the league that are willing to sign Lamar long-term knowing the battle play? Oh, absolutely. If he hits the open market, he's going to have no no shortage of, of suitors. They're going to be lining up, licking their chops, offering him, I, offering him the bank, offering whatever he wants. I I think you're right, but I'm not quite sure that would be a great long-term move. That's only that's that it's number to the point. I agree with you. I'm I'm not saying that's he's he's a he's a franchise quarterback that will keep you in contention every year, and and quarterbacks like that don't hit the open market very often. When they do, they they get they get the bank. No, you're right. In a, in a quarterback-driven league, you almost have to take a chance. I completely get it. Yeah. I, I also think that um, you know. 
the way he plays the game, he's a phenomenal football player. So I don't want anyone listening to think that I don't think that. In fact, if you were to actually define football player, he is the best pure football player in the league, in my personal opinion. I just worry that his style of play doesn't necessarily lend him to be available as much as a franchise would be. Um, you know, you see all the, the quarterbacks who win big in this league. They're not necessarily mobile because they don't want to risk injury. They're just from the pocket. They're more durable. They're not as dynamic, and they're not going to you know, put up flashy numbers, but they're going to keep their teams in game, and they're going to stay on the field. And I, I think that that's something that I think after these last three years with this numbers going down, it, it is a little worrisome. I would love to see him win a Super Bowl. I would be the happiest guy on the planet. I just The numbers are declining, and they don't lie, unfortunately. Yeah, I really – in this division, I'm really looking at the Steelers. I'm willing to take a flyer on that plus 900 because, once again, it's Mike Tomlin. He's he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. He always gets the most out of his players, and they were able to make the playoffs last year with Ben Roethlisberger not having a noodle for an arm. And <laughs> so, so I, think, I think that's disrespecting noodles everywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> so coming in this season, they have Mitchell Trubisky. Do I think he finished the season? No, I don't think he finishes out the season as a starter. I think at some point, Kenny Pickett will take over. And he's looked good in preseason, although it is preseason. It's hard to take too, too much away from preseason. But I, I do think he is he's a, he's a better quarterback than Trubisky, especially coming into his rookie season. I just I really like the Steelers' 7.5 win total as well. I like that over. Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season at all in his entire coaching career at Pittsburgh. So with that, in order to go for that to go under, Mike, Mike Tom would have to have his first losing season. And I know there's a first for everything, but I just don't see it happening this this year. That defense is still going to be topping in the NFL. Although TJ Watt did suffer a bit of a knee injury today, but his reports are that he'll be fine and he should be ready to go week one. So that defense will be bringing back almost everybody all the starters on that defense and offense will be better with Najee Harris in the second season and wide receivers Chase Claypool and and Deontay Deontay Johnson and they drafted rookie wide receiver in the second round out of Georgia Pick Pickens who's actually reports out of the training camp preseason that he's an absolute beast and he's a sleeper <laughs> this season so keep an eye out for him I I it's hard for me to 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 look past the Pittsburgh Steelers with what Vegas Vegas is showing them. So give me give me the over on the Pittsburgh Steelers plus seven and a half and I'm gonna throw I'm gonna put a few bucks out on the plus nine hundred to win their division. Yeah, I mean I with with this coaching uh with this coaching record and, and the defense they have, they're gonna be in game. You know, I just worry that they're gonna they're gonna be number one in, in scoring defense and have a losing record just because their team or their offense generally won't eclipse 20 points. So they're going to have to win games pretty much one way. Um, and the defenses are going to force God knows whoever's behind center to, to make throws. And yeah, for me, again, I, I think it's good value of plus 900. I think that if you can get it, fantastic, fire off. And, and if they play really well early, you can certainly head the other way. Um, I, you know, and I keep looking at the Bengals, and they've got the third hardest schedule. And it still doesn't shy me away because I, I truly feel like. Joe Burrow is a guy who's not going to be afraid to go on the road. He's not going to be necessarily impacted by, you know, uh, he's shown he can play with that offensive line and under pressure. So for me, it, it's uh, Bengals or pass. I know uh, 
I know Baltimore should be good. I just I can't I can't trust the uh, the, the declining numbers that Lamar has shown in the last three years. So yeah, like you said, man, plus nine hundred get it fire off. Yeah, now let's go to the AFC South here. It, this is the Colts and Titans, and then you have the other two teams who are just going to be fighting for the basement. <laughs> yeah, they're they're fighting for an uh for a college football playoff. For, <laughs> um, I'm I'm a bit worried about Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. He's got Malik Willis now to kind of put pressure on him, take over the starting job. With um, his abysmal playoff performance last season, he went in, he he sought therapy because. It said it affected him that badly, so I'm kind of wondering what his mind is, mindset is at coming into the season. So I'm kind of shying away from the Titans, and I kind of like, kind of like the Colts here with your old quarterback Matt Ryan. Obvious upgrade from Carson Wentz. Obvious. <laughs> what do you yeah, think, I, I think trading for Mason Rudolph may have been a, a, an upgrade from last year, but uh, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, right off the page, you know, and I'm not sure if our odds are exactly the same, but they're, they're fairly close, I assume. Yeah. Uh, last I checked, Indy was actually the favorite at minus 125, and Tennessee, the number one overall team they had two last year. Yeah. Uh, is plus 180. So if you're not familiar with what a trap is, um, look no further, because I believe this is what that is. Um, I, I think that uh, Ryan Tannehill had a very small window. Uh, I think that losing his number one receiver. AJ Brown is. Yep. I, I wouldn't use the word exposed, but I certainly think it's going to truncate their offense, and it's going to put even further uh, pressure on Derrick Henry, who's shown some some cracks uh, over the last couple of years from an injury standpoint. Uh, but you know, full disclosure, like like you alluded to, I am a Matt Ryan fanboy, and I am not afraid to admit <laughs> it. Um, been so since he came out of BC. I love him. I'm a Falcons fan. Uh, I will be uh, cutting holes out of the bag and sitting over my head in about two weeks, uh, hoping for a number one overall pick. Um, long story short, let's let's review Matt Ryan's uh, 2021 stats. So um, touchdowns, he threw. Uh, let's see, 20, 17th in the league. Interceptions, 12, 16th in the league. Rating, 46.1 in the personal league. And yards, 39, 68, 11th in the league. So what you can do if you're hearing this, if you can do that. And you can throw them right in the garbage. Because let me let me give you some stats here. Uh, the offensive line allowed 200 pressures on the season. That's 29th in the NFL. They were also 29th in pass blocking, according to uh, Pro Football Focus. Three of their five starting offensive linemen had a rating of 50 or below, which is absolute dog shit. <laughs> I can't say it any better than that. Uh, his best receiver, Calvin Ridley, is probably at uh, the Flamingo Sportsbook right now. Um, and, and the leading receiver was a rookie with 68 receptions. So, uh, long story short, guys, do not read in to Matt Ryan's stats last year. The fact that he threw 20 touchdowns is absolutely terrible. So, let's go. Uh, the Colts are loaded. The Colts are absolutely loaded. Uh, they're on a revenge tour. Uh, despite Carson Wentz's best efforts, they were a win away against the Jaguars from playoff contention. So, yeah. Um, but let's talk about how the Colts have improved their team. So, uh, they've added Stephon Gilmore, little-known fact. He, yes, he's a little long on the tooth now, but he basically had an entire year off. So uh, that should sure up their uh, their defense. Uh, Yannick Nagawe, I can never pronounce his name, a phenomenal Nagakwe. pass rusher. Nagakwe, there you go. <laughs> I uh, I will, the over-under on me mispronouncing that is 1.5, so we're almost there. <laughs> um, and this team should be absolutely solid. Uh, 
However, both Indy and Tennessee are both playing. Let's see, Indy plays the 26th toughest schedule. Tennessee plays the 24th. But again, I think Indy is phenomenal uh, in the offensive trenches. And I think Matt Ryan's going to have more time to throw than he has in the 2016 season. So he's got an emerging wide receiver. He's got a phenomenal uh, running back, quite possibly the best in the league. Um, so I think that this uh, this Indianapolis team is again on the same fuck floor as another team spoke about. So uh, and then let's head to Tennessee. So Tennessee basically replaces AJ Brown with Robert Woods coming on off an injury. And let's face facts, they're they're just not the same receiver. Robert Woods is a great complimentary receiver. I wouldn't scratch to get number one. Well, then they um, dropped it, Traylon Burks in the first that, round. That they, yeah, that they did. So obviously they're saying they don't necessarily trust their their receiving court. So. Uh, and, and let's face back, Tennessee has really benefited from a, an average division the last several years. Um, and I think that this Colts team is vastly improved from last year. So, yeah, I think the Colts uh, were a top 10 team from last year. And just due to Carson Wentz's bonehead plays, they they didn't get a chance to show what they could do in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think I think Indy is going to run away with it. Yeah, I like, I like Indy to win the division. Minus 125, although... I don't really see any value in that, especially a preseason bet. I like to go more plus money with that. But what I do like, I do like the Colts over nine and a half wins. I think they get 11, 12 wins and and hit that over pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's just dissect their schedule here. So you said it's nine and a half? Yeah. Okay, so looking at it from the very first thing, so we've got Houston opening up wins. They should go uh, to like, Jacksonville, but then they go to Kansas City. They go to Tennessee. I'm just going to split with Tennessee just for argument's sake here. They go to Denver, always difficult. Jacksonville again, four. They go to the Commanders. They go to New England, toss-up. They go to Oakland, toss-up. So, I mean, really, if they just win within the division and split in their non-conference games, they should easily beat. Uh, he puts that total there. So they, they've got a little bit of a difficult schedule, but if they can just win their divisional games that they're supposed to win, split with Tennessee and play average on the road, this should be a pretty easy bet. Yeah. That's all my thoughts on this division. I'm not really putting too much thought on the Jaguars and Texans. Well, uh, as a Falcons fan, my season is already over, so I will be an honorary uh, buff and uh, and. Colts fans through the year for Julio and Matt Ryan. So, yeah, and I will be rooting for them all year. I also drafted Matt Ryan about two rounds too soon in my fantasy draft a few days ago. Oh, shit. have been getting ridiculed for it ever since. So, you know what? I'm just going to go all in with Matty Ice here. I'm either going to continue to get ridiculed or everyone else is going to eat some shit burgers. So, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to ride with Matty Ice. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to lean on Jonathan Taylor more than Matt Ryan in that offense. And, and I think that with Jonathan Taylor being the AG is and with the way our, the way the Colts offensive line is, is constructed, I think that's exactly what they want to do. They want to grind out wins. They want to beat the shit out of their opponent physically and then late in the game pull away. So the Colts are absolutely not a team I'd want to play late. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the NFC North. Uh, it's the Packers, minus 155, and you have everybody else. The Vikings, plus 250. Lions, plus 850. Bears plus 1,100. Are you looking at anybody in this division other than the Packers? You know, this is the division for me that had the most question marks. Um, and I had Absolutely. a really hard time because I, I think that when you lose the NFL's best receiver, in my personal opinion, uh, yeah. I, I think that absolutely 
Trump Acer playbook. I think it. I, I basically I think that Adam served almost as a as a safety valve for Rogers. He he really if you've ever seen the movie Big Daddy, uh, oh, yeah. when he when he spills milk. Yeah. Well, the spilled the spilled milk was the rest of the receiving corp, and and, and uh, Adams essentially was the newspaper, and he he covered up a lot of stuff. So, I, I you know, so I think uh, I think that that can be really troublesome early in the season, and I think that if if I remember correctly, Minnesota plays them week one. Yeah, and if that's in and if that's in Green Bay, then that's huge. So let me just go ahead and double check that really quick here. So Minnesota Vikings schedule week one. They take on the oh, they're in Minnesota. So okay, so they they certainly play well that game. It would set up a lot better if they could go to Green Bay week one and get that out of the way while well, the Packers are still working out some kinks there. But uh, but really for me, it's just too many question marks. I certainly if you if you're attempting to make a living betting against Aaron Rodgers, you're, you're probably not doing well. So I would shy away from it. But I also think that the Vikings have some of the most upside in the league at their offense. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. loaded. Um, if they can play average defense and Kirk Cousins can play better on prime time, I don't see any reason why this team can't win the division. So uh, what, what's the, uh, the future for this one? Um, to win the division? Yeah, for the Vikings. Uh, plus, I got two, plus 250. Yeah, that's, that's an indication that the books don't want to give too much away. I think they, they're afraid of a little Vikings liability this year. You would think this would be higher, um, especially because of the, the Packers have completely owned this division for the better part of the decade. So that's that's a good indicator. I think the Vikings are live. I uh, I I'd really like to see a little bit more on Week One because Rogers could come out and go, you know, twenty-one of twenty-four for four touchdowns with all new receivers, and your your face could get out of luck on that bet. So. Um, yeah, I, I certainly it's more of a wait and see if you can get it in season. But if you put a gun to my head, I would. Uh, Unfortunately, side with uh, with AR. Yeah, yeah Minnesota, I mean the Vegas odds, odds makers actually they actually like Minnesota. They think they can make the playoffs or have a good record. They have them the win total over over under at nine and a half. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you this: if, if the Vikings are, if you, somebody told you that the Vikings were in the NFC title game this year, would you, would you be surprised? Oh, I'd be surprised. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I I truly think the <laughs> NFC yeah. is. I think the NFC is a little weakened as it's been in the, in the past few years. And I think that if the Vikings were to ever make a run, this would probably be the year. Am I wrong? I mean, they got the new head coach who's offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. And apparently they're going to use Justin Jefferson the same way they he used Cooper Cup. So that's going to generate a lot of open looks for Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen is another year older, and he's – He's been in the, the, the decline the past couple seasons. That defense is a question mark, though. Yeah, and it gives up a ton of yards. I um, I think the Vikings are basically going to have to win shootouts. And I think yeah. they're built to do so. Um, I think that Dalvin Cook went healthy is as, as explosive as any back in the league. But again, he, he just can't prove to be healthy. So I Vikings have so many question marks, but if you, if you were to say, Chester, do you think that uh, the Vikings, or would you be surprised if Vikings the NFC title game? I would say no, I wouldn't be surprised. So the Vikings to me are one of the single biggest question marks. You know what, what Kirk Cousins would say to everybody if he if they went to chat into the to the title game? 
What would he say? Like that. You like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I had, for the record, I did not know that was coming. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's turn. I want to turn attention to the Lions a little bit here. Um, their win total is at six and a half. They have a pretty easy easy schedule opening up against Philly. I don't. That's gonna be a tough game for them to win. But they're at home against the Commanders. Uh, they got the Seahawks at home. Uh, Cowboys on the road. Uh, they got the Bears in division. They got the Giants. So I think they can win that game. The Jaguars at home. They got the Jets on the road. Which I think they could win that game. And yeah, they got the divisional games. So they got like they got like six games where they could reasonably come out ahead ahead and win those games. And the win total is only a six and a half. I, th- I have them at seven, maybe eight wins, eight nine on season. You know, um, Dan Campbell's second season with the team, they really like. I'm surprised how well they like Matt Cam, Dan Campbell in that locker room. They really, they really fight for him. They really play hard for him, and that's that. That kind of took me by surprise, <laughs> seeing how his introductory press conference went. But they're a tough, gritty, hard nosed, blue collar team. And they will fight you till the final whistle. And I, I dig that in the team. And they got rookie receiver Jamison, Jamison, um, Jamison Williams is his name, right, from Alabama. Um, and they got the second overall pick, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, who should really sure up that defensive line, and and improve their pass rush. Their secondary is a bit questionable. But Jerry Goff's second year in this season and DeAndre Swift coming back, this offense is going to be improved. The defensive line is going to be improved. Offensive line is going to be better. Um, give me give me the Lions over six and a half wins, as as shitty as that may sound. You can't disagree with you there. I mean, I, I think that the what you can say about you know most NFL teams is sometimes you can question their effort. Yep. I don't think you can question the Lions' effort. I think the Lions are – going to play harder than just about any team in the league. I think they play in a division where you can get a couple, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they knocked off the Vikings, which they did last year. Yeah. Um, they seem to always play Green Bay tough. They don't always get Ws, but they, they're in games. Um, and obviously the Bears are, well, they're, they're the Bears. So I, I think that you can get one there. And here's something that, uh, that I love about the Lions. So Pro Football Focus has them as the third best offensive line in all of football. Uh, I think that's huge. I think that obviously it sounds cliche, but in the NFL specifically, it's one of the trenches. You know, uh, they've got three first rounders on their offensive line. They've got Taylor Decker, Jonah, uh, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, Vitek, uh, not the name either, and Penny Sewell. So they've got a fantastic offensive line. And I think that's the identity of their team. They're tough. And when you come to Detroit, you're going to have to earn a win. And I think sometimes they're just going to break teams' will. So, yeah, they, they might certainly be undervalued. I uh, I certainly, if I uh, were forced to bet, I would absolutely be all over the line. Yeah, I also, I'm also looking at the Bears' six-and-a-half win total. I think that's an easy under. I think it's going to be the worst team in the NFL this season. Uh, I'm not a big believer in Eberflus. I think they mailed in that coaching search. I think he's going to be one and done in this organization. And I just I feel bad for Justin Fields. He he should have gone to a better better situation. He's a better quarterback than what he's gonna be showing his first two seasons. 
But I just the Bears defense is not gonna be good. Roquan Smith, he wants out. He wants to be traded. He's gonna play this season, but he, I don't really I don't really think his heart's gonna be all in, all that in it, especially I, I, suffering a couple losses first couple seasons. They open up at home against the against the Niners, and then they go on the road against Green Bay. So they're gonna easily start out zero and two. Maybe they shock the Niners, but I highly doubt it. Um, I yeah, give me the under six and a half at the Bears here. I just I think they're gonna, get, gonna have the number one overall pick this season. Well, I'm glad you uh, you turned my uh, my head there because you know <laughs> looking at the Bears, I thought they were going to be bad. I thought they were going to be I'm lower re- than the six and a half total. Yeah, actually, I thought they were going to be bad, but now that you've got my attention to it, they actually might be worse than I thought. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me tell you why. Uh, you know, again, I'm a I'm, I'm a huge huge proponent of, of being tough in the trenches. Uh, from an offensive line standpoint, the Bears are 31st in the NFL uh, oh. according to Pro. Pro football rankings. Now, if you thought that was bad, they're also 31st on the defensive line. Um, so, an aggregate of 31 out of 32 is absolutely not where you want to be. And these rankings already aren't already taking into effect the fact that there are players who want off. Uh, what? You, you can't. Yeah, I, I just don't see how they can win. So, you say six and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I would want no part of the over on this because I think that it's going to be one of those where you're going to need them playing a team late in the season that doesn't care, and they're going to almost have to play perfect to beat that team to get over that total. So uh, you wouldn't catch me dead back in Chicago very soon. Sorry to my buddy Chris Maselli, who's a, a Chicago guy, but uh, sorry, buddy, you're, you're shit unless you did it. Can, and next year. Can you tell me who, who Justin Fields is throwing to? Uh, shit, probably uh, <laughs> other, than a couple, yeah, other than a couple people in the stands. I'm not sure because I think that's how far he can miss. So. I mean, you got, uh, you got Darnell Moody. I mean, he's he's okay, but eh, doesn't really move the needle yeah. for me. And then Cole Komet, eh. I, <laughs> these are these are Walmart receivers, man. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Bill Belichick could make these guys pro bowlers, but uh, <laughs> unless Bill Belichick's calling the plays, I'm not. I'm not quite sure, man. I I feel bad because I think the NFL's better when the Bears are good. The Bears yeah. are far from being good. They're, the Bears. Yeah, the, the Bears are, you know, they're they're one of the uh, the pillars of the NFL, but they're they're not drafting well. There's a lot of um, uh, it's very volatile in their in their front office, and yeah, I absolutely wouldn't want any part of it. So yeah, great, great, uh, great pick there. Yeah, they're they're horrible. <laughs> All right, let's go to the let's go to NFC South. This this might be the most interesting division in my opinion. You got the Bucks clearing away the favorite minus two seventy five. You got the Saints at plus 325. Boy, you got the Panthers plus 1,100. The Falcons plus 3,000. Now let's hold on a minute here. Everybody thinks the Bucks are going to win this division. Uncle Chet, I'm not exactly sure they are. Oh, man, I'd love to hear your reasons why. Please please explain this one to me. <laughs> call, me a, call me a madman, but hey, you know, they're, 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 they lost um, Ryan Jensen, their center. And another, they've lost a couple off on their offensive line. Um, Leonard Fournette reports he's overweight, but who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> so am I. So am I. I can't judge. <laughs> but you're also not getting paid to stay in shape. <laughs> in a way, I am. But yeah, <laughs> I feel you there, buddy. I just don't think this division is as clear, cut, and dry as Vegas is making it out to be. 
I'm looking at the Panthers here. Plus 1100, Baker Mayfield, chip on his shoulder. Uh, healthy CMC, hopefully he can stay healthy. You know, you got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, improved offensive line, improved defense. I'm I'm liking the Panthers to to win this division. That's that's my bold bold pick here. I'm I'm picking them to win this division. Oh man, yeah, you're. Uh, I, I like your I like your boldness. Uh, you are you are standing up and fighting for yourself. And I'm gonna hide under a table on this one. <laughs> I uh, I'm the coward in the corner betting uh, Tampa minus three points. Now, full disclosure, <laughs> I will absolutely not bet minus three points. I don't think that there's any value there. No. Um, I think I, I think if you you know if you make this bet ten times, you probably win nine. But you know, with with my luck, I'll I'll fall on the tenth. So uh, you know, long story short, the Saints probably, in my opinion, and according to most power rankings, are the biggest competition in the division. Um, they're dealing with a new head coach, a new regime change. Who knows what those players are thinking? I think a lot of them left on Peyton. You know, I think the Panthers. Are dealing with some quarterback issues, and in the NFL, if you have two quarterbacks, well, you have no quarterback. So that that worries me. And I'm a Matt Rule guy, so I think if anyone can do it, you can get paid for it. I mean, path. this this is Baker's team, 100. percent Oh yeah, and I and I think that you know Baker's a tough guy, and I think he's been humbled, and I think that if he's going to turn his career around, it's going to be in, it's going to be in Carolina. I really do. Uh, you know, the, the biggest loser in all this is, uh, what is it, uh, the breakfast commercials. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. They lost more money than the Browns did. But, um, so, and obviously, if you smell something burning outside, it's just about the Falcons. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, let's face it, guys. The Bucks are absolutely loaded. It's just about anywhere. Um, obviously, they lose Brock. Uh, they do get Kyle Rudolph. I'm not sure if he is fully healthy, but I think that, you know, he can step in and he's got a lot to prove. Um, Pro Football Focus has them as the second highest ranked team uh, next to the Buffalo Bills. And, and earlier we talked about how inept the Bears are on both sides of, of the trenches. In the exact opposite, Tampa's number four offensive line. I'm not sure if that's factoring in Vincent. Uh, and the number five defensive line. Uh, but let's talk a little about their defensive line. They add a team mix on the interior that already that already has the fans. So uh, it's downright diarrhea-inducing for the rest of the division. <laughs> I, I think that the Bucks, um, now with a defensive-minded head coach, can lean on Brady a little bit more. Brady can have more control over the playbook. And I think that they're really going to stick to a power running game. And I, I think, obviously, with their fantastic wide receiver core, and uh, I, I'm not sure if Godwin is fully healthy. Um, and if he is, I think he is a uh, going to have a huge chance that season. Again, I probably spent the least amount of time on this one, knowing I'm a Falcons fan, knowing how this is going to play out. I, uh, I again, I'm going to hide in the corner on this one and just hand over three hundred twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm kind of looking at the the Panthers' schedule as well. I mean, they open up against Cleveland. That should be a win. Um, on the road against the Giants, they should beat. They should beat the Giants. At home against the Saints, they should win. Home against the Cardinals, eh, that's more of a toss-up, but I could see them winning that game. They've got a pretty favorable schedule. They got two games against the Falcons. So I mean, so do the Bucks. Um, they got the Broncos at home. Luckily, they got the Seahawks in Seattle, though. Um, they got the Lions. They should beat the Lions. 
I'm just liking the Panthers and their mojo going into the season. I'm I like Baker Mayfield and now the the Bucks they're gonna win they're gonna make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I, I like the Bucks. I just think this this division's more up in the air than than Vegas is making it seem. I could even see the the Saints making a run with Jameis Winston. And they, they, they seem to beat the Bucks every single time they play, have the number. Yeah, I mean, with, with Dennis Allen being a defensive guy, if I, if I remember correctly, I think that the, the toughness of their defense is certainly now going to be even more the culture of their team. Uh, if you force me to bet another team in the division, I would bet the Saints. And just looking at the numbers, um, you know, I, I worry that the Panthers are 24th, uh, according to Pro Football Focus for offensive line. And they're, oh, good, good guy. They're also 24th in the defensive line, and I, I just think that in the better teams in that division, the Saints included, I think that they're just going to get absolutely rolled up front. And uh, if Baker couldn't win with the running game and the offensive line he had in Cleveland, I think he's, he was hurt. He's in for, he was hurt, but you know, at the end of the day, he had a little. He's going to have a lot, a lot less time to get rid of the football with a lot fewer playmakers in Carolina than he had in uh, than he had in, in Cleveland. So. You know, I'd love to see him turn it around. I love his bravado. I think he went healthy as a fantastic quarterback, but I just don't think he's going to have the people around him to excel like he did in that first or, uh, first couple of years. We're going to have to agree or disagree here. If you don't want to bet the Panthers to win division, I strongly recommend you guys to bet their win total. The win total is six and a half. I think they blow by that. I think they get 10, 11 wins this season and win that division. I can see it. Yeah, they played the Falcons twice, so that's two right there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, if Mar- Marcus Mariota has anything to say about it, they're getting two quick wins. All right, let's turn our attention to the AFC East. The much <laughs> the much scrutinized division here. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are your slim favorites here. I got a plus 140. Eagles plus 150. You got the Commanders at plus 500. And then you have the Giants at plus 750. <sighs> I'm st- I'm, oh, I, oh I'm st- no, I know, <laughs> I know that side. <laughs> this is a division. Or- this is a division where I just wanna, I just wanna put like duct tape over, and never look at it. What do you think? <laughs> well, uh, before I, I dive in um, to my thoughts on this, I, I'd like to give you my favorite fact of the offseason. You ready for this? Okay, hit me. Okay, um, so the Commanders trade for Carson Wentz, and the Commanders' division odds improved from plus five hundred to plus four ninety. So <laughs> a a seismic a seismic shift in the divisional odds. Carson Wentz moves lines before we can even get there. So yeah, uh, Vegas Vegas is not a fan of Carson Wentz. In fact, I think he just threw another pick six since we started the podcast, but. Uh, but yeah, I got uh, I got Eagles plus one eighty five, Dallas plus one fifteen. Um, this is probably my favorite division of the offseason in terms of future. So uh, real quick, we've got Eagles plus one eighty five, Dallas plus one fifteen. Last I checked, um, I'm sure those have changed since uh, Tyron Smith appears to be out yep. uh, for the foreseeable future. Let's see, Tyron Smith. Apparently, yeah, they've been just, calling Andrew Whitworth. To get a complete yeah. retirement. Yeah, that, that's not a good sign, guys. Um, <laughs> that basically says we're screwed, and we know it, and we're just going to start calling retired dudes. So, yeah, Tony Tony Vaselli just got a call, too. Um, Zach Prescott's uh, going to be running for his life this season. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He is. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I think Philly, I think this, I think this is a very mispriced division. Um, yeah. I think, I think Philly before the Tyron Smith injury should have been a favorite. I, uh, I love the way Philly is built. So let's just look at the offensive line range. Are, are, you, are, you, are you a Jalen Hurts believer? He's, he you reminds know, me a lot of Lamar Jackson. So if you believe in Jalen Hurts, you may as well believe in Lamar Jackson. I think I think that uh, I think Jalen Hurts reminds me of a poor man Russell Wilson. I think that he really can, he can grow into a good quarterback, but I think his ceiling is very low. Um, but on the very least, I think he's accurate enough and won't turn the ball over enough for Philly to really do what they do. Because Philly's offensive line is ranked one overall by PFF, and the defensive line is ranked nine. So looking at that, if you're Sirianni, our game plan's got to be run the ball down their throat and don't turn the ball over. Now, I think that matches up exceptionally well against their counterpart, the Dallas Cowboys, who A, can't protect, and give up a ton of yards in the secondary. So I, I oh, think yeah. that so I think that head to head, I think Philly is going to match up exceptionally well against Dallas. I think they're going to blow Dallas out of the water in both meetings. Well, and then it's just a matter of stuff taking care of business and that the rest of the dumpster fire for the division. Yeah, and I absolutely love what Philly did in the offseason. They added AJ Brown and then they got a first round steal on Jordan Davis to help beef up that defensive line. And then, you know they had Darius Slay in the secondaries. This is this Philly team. I I think it's their division to win. All right, now let's talk about the NFC West here. Um, you have the hold on here. Let me, I gotta bring it back up. Let's see. The Rams are favored to win this division. I have them at plus one. What is it? Still scrolling down, guys. <laughs> uh, plus one twenty-five. Niners are at plus 175. Arizona Cardinals are at plus 350. And Seahawks are at plus 1600. So you can kind of scratch off the Seahawks. Um, I think this is one of the more interesting divisions as well. Uh, Rams coming off that Super Bowl victory. Uh, teams typically have that Super Bowl hangover. Niners switching from Jimmy G and giving the keys to Trey Lance. And Arizona Cardinals with... Kyler Murray coming off of that fresh extension, extension getting paid. What do you think of this division here? Yeah, I mean, you know, right off the bat, I think when you, you really examine uh, the futures on these teams, it's pretty much the odds makers saying they're not completely sold on the Rams, they're not sold on the Niners, and they're even less sold on the Cardinals. So really this division is wide open. Um, Examining it, I know you're going to hate me on this one. So oh, take a deep breath there, Derek. Go ahead, go ahead and take a deep breath, buddy. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but I think that through process of deduction, uh, I think in my eyes you can rule the Niners out. Would it surprise me if they won the division? Absolutely not. I think that they have the pieces there. I just question the quarterback position. I I can't bet on it on an unknown, right? And unfortunately, that's what, that's what Trey Lance is. So for me, it's really, you know, the Seahawks can be ruled out. I think that's a, a shocker to no one. <laughs> uh, so it, it really boils down to me between the Rams and, the, and the, uh, the Cardinals. And quite frankly, you know, I love betting against teams that lose that competitive nature. For the Rams, obviously Aaron Donald's 
considered retirement. Sean McVay considered retirement. Andrew Whitworth actually retired. I think Cowboys have been getting in phone calls that we've already chronicled. So, you know, for me, the motivation is all with the Cardinals. And, and then truthfully, I think that uh, all the value lies with them. They're great early in the season. They get uh, they get the, the best player on their team. Uh, Hopkins back week 11 or week 6. Sorry, I'm not quite sure. I'm getting him and Deshaun Watson mixed up a little bit. But uh, long story short, I think this is the Cardinals year. I think it, uh, it, it really lines up perfectly for them. Uh, favorable schedule. So, yeah, at plus 300, I, I, I'd only have to look towards the Cardinals here. Yeah, I think they definitely have the most value on them to win a division at these numbers. Um, I wish you guys could have heard my rant. I'm not as pissed off about it. <laughs> I can't really recreate that, that rant I went on yesterday when our when we had technical difficulties, but it, it was a thing of beauty. Um, I'm not going to go on that rant again, but I'm going to say Trey Lance is an upgrade from Jimmy G. I don't care what the what the talking heads say. He is an upgrade. He has definitely has higher upside now will he reach will he reach that ceiling with the Niners this year remains to be seen but next season they'll be better absolutely he'll be he'll be definitely hitting his stride next season but we're talking about this season um absolutely though the Niners have a bigger upside with with Trey Lance but I guess you could also say they have a bigger downside as well they have a higher higher ceiling and lower floor um, but Jimmy G is such a mediocre quarterback, if not below average. Trey, all Trey Lance has to do is come in and, and be competent and and let let the defense and running game help carry him through his what's essentially his rookie season. Um, now, am I going to bet the Niners to win the division? No, I'm not this season. Um, they, their win total is high as well, a nine and a half. They have. Their schedule's kind of somewhat favorable. They open up on the road in Chicago. That should be a win. And they and they have their home opener week two against Seattle. That should be another win. So they should start out 2-0. Then going on the road to Denver. A lot of their tough, tough opponents, they're facing at home. They're getting the Chiefs at home. They're getting the Buccaneers at home. They're getting the Chargers at home. So they do have a somewhat of a favorable schedule there as well. So that's all I have to say on the Niners. I'm not really put, placing any futures on them. I want I do believe they start 2-0, but I kind of want to see it first, as as you probably do with Trey Lance. If he comes in and they and they just, you know, stonewall the 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 um, Bears and, and Seahawks and look good going into Denver, then that might be a more of an in-season future, I bet, with the 49ers. Yeah, I, I think you, you know, with the, with the 49ers, the strength of their team is obviously the defensive line and the running game. So I think if a young quarterback is going to succeed, it's, it's going to be with the 49ers, right? I think the comparison is with Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he comes in as an unknown. They trade away Alex Smith. And lo and behold, you've got yourself an NFL MVP and you've got, you know, you've got a Super Bowl champion. But I think that Patrick Mahomes is, the exception to the rule, he is not the rule. So, you know, long story short, I think Trey is a, is a good player. I think it's a little bit too soon to push him in. But as a Falcons fan, I know that if anybody's going to get the most out of this young player, it's Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan got an MVP award out of Matt Ryan, who's 
basically done nothing since. So I get it. I understand, um, you know, the move towards the Niners to win the division. I it really it's a, it's a bet against the Niners, it's a bet against the Rams. It's not a bet I've made, but if you put one to my head, I certainly think this lines up well with the Cardinals. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Niners and Rams made strong pushes to uh, towards the uh, the wild card. So, you know, there's just too many moving parts with the Niners. There's too many moving parts with the uh, the 49ers and the Rams. So, for me, it's it's this process of elimination, and I would fall definitely square on the Cardinals here. Yeah, and you could also go back to RG3 with Kyle Shanahan. He, co- he coached Kyle, uh, RG3 to a Rookie of the Year award, so he, he, and they are similar type of quarterbacks. All right, so let's go to uh, NFL MVP odds. Do you, do you have your eye on anyone right now? Yeah, yeah, I've actually quite uh, looked at uh, several different candidates here. Let me go ahead and pull this up really quick. This isn't really uh, a bet. Individual awards isn't really a bet. I like to bet on the favorite going into the season because very rarely does it shake out that way. Yeah, I, I you know, I think the the number one thing that uh, that everyone should do is essentially understand that the NFL is a business, and as a business, I think that the NFL is as much a business as WWE, where you're pushing stars, and I think this year's star is going to be Josh Allen. Um, I think that, you know, he's the guy who's going to be pushed to the front. But let's go ahead and work backwards here and look at his uh, his competitors. So I consider Jonathan Allen, uh, or sorry, Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor is, without a doubt, the best running back in the game. I think it sets up with a phenomenal offensive line and in a relatively weak division. So I think he's going to pile up yards. Plus 5,000. Plus five thousand, so I think that's certainly the price, you know. But but let's let's face facts here, guys. I think that long story short, running backs just do not win the MVP. I think we can go back to Adrian Peterson, and, and that's just not the way it goes. So I think that you can basically rule out a running back just through process of elimination. I think that also you can eliminate any wide receiver, and you can look no further than Cooper Cup historical year last year where he was quite frankly the greatest receiver in NFL history a single season didn't sniff the MVP so rule out that um, also uh, you can rule out any player from a team that wasn't competitive so every uh, every MVP since 2001 came from a team that won at least 11 games by inflation I'd say 12 games so there's really a correlation between quarterback and winning so I think when Everything points in. I think that you can look at a couple different people. I think you could look at Josh Allen. I think you could look at Matthew Stafford, and I think you could look at Derek Carr. Now, I think you can eliminate Stafford due to his elbow issues. I don't. I think he's going to miss some time. And Derek Carr. Well, let's let's face facts. Uh, with with Waller out, I think that's going to really change the offense. So. I, I personally, for me, it's Josh Allen or pass. Uh, you know, the only thing that would scare me off is the fact that he has a, a brand new offensive coordinator this year with Brian Dayball moving on to uh, to the G-Men. But you have some continuity with Ken Dorsey taking over uh, as the offensive coordinator, who was previously the quarterback coach. So for me, it's Josh Allen. I think he plays in a, in a division that's weakened, and uh, Matthew Stafford obviously dealing with uh, with some elbow issues. So. For me, obviously, it's, uh, it's Josh Allen. He seemed like a uh, 
a homer here, but it just seems like the logical fit. Wait, what happened with Darren Waller? Uh, Darren Waller's dealing with some hamstring issues, which for a big guy like him, I think that could be a nagging injury. It's not a complete tear, but it just seems like it could be an issue where he's going to miss a game here, a game there. And with with how important he is to that offense, um, he's a Gronk-type player where he commands linebackers in the really in the middle of the field, which which allows guys to, to get out patterns. And I, I really think it changes the offense. So even if he misses two or three games, I think it's going to look like the offense. Interesting. I'm I'm not really oh timetable for return team. I didn't hear anything about that. Interesting. Yeah, he's missed uh, significant practice time, and uh, obviously they've they've uh, considering putting him into the uh, the the pup list. So I could be completely wrong there, but I know he's certainly been injured, and, and even if he's not a hundred percent, I I think that's certainly something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised with Lamar Jackson plus two thousand. You know, we spoke about him earlier, contract season. He could be highly motivated, have a big statistical season and leading up to maybe even maybe number one or two overall seed in the AFC. So I think plus 2,000 is tremendous value for Lamar Jackson. But what I'm really looking at here is Russell Wilson plus 1,400. New team, Denver Broncos. I think they're going to really want to showcase him and, you know, if he takes them from well, finishing last in the AFC West last year to maybe a number one overall seed, I think that would get him some votes for the MVP award. And at plus 1,400, I'm actually digging that. I think he's, he's got weapons, too. He's got uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Uh, Tim Patrick is out for the season, though. However, he suffered injury. injury. Early in training camp, um, they did trade Noah Fant to to Seattle in that trade to get Russell Wilson, their big tight, a big tight end Noah Fant. So, but they, and they do have a good running game. They got Melvin Gordon and and Javante Williams. So I think Javante Williams is gonna have a phenomenal season. Um, could it be more of an offense like like he ran in in um. Seattle, I don't quite think so because he's he's gonna be running running Nathaniel Hackett's system, who was most previously with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, and if you're trying to go by history and what what Rodgers did was more of a you know a spread offense, and I could absolutely see them doing that, running that type of offense with Russ Wilson and handing him the keys to the to the Corvette. What do you think? I think that the value is fantastic. I think that, you know, in that particular division, it's going to be very tough. I think it's hard to win an MVP when you don't win the division. So it's really correlated, obviously. If, yeah. If, if the Broncos win the division, I think you have a great correlated parlay. So if you like Russell Wilson to win the MVP, then go ahead and correlate it to the Broncos winning the division because they're extremely correlated. He's not winning the MVP if they don't win the division. So. I think in that particular division, it's going to be tough. I mean, who's who's their number one receiver at this point? Uh, I'd say Jerry Judy. And Jerry Judy's fantastic. But, you know, I, I certainly don't think that in that particular division. Um, he, did have I, better, I, he did have better weapons in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, obviously with the value, too, and with the narrative of Russ never winning an MVP with that being kind of floating in the air now, I think the voters 
it might give him a lifetime achievement award at some point. <laughs> if it's close, he he might get the Donna Summer award here. So, uh, yeah, I, I certainly think it's worth the value. Um, but with Josh Allen at plus with plus money at all, I I think it's there. I think if you could even get Patrick Mahomes with plus money, I think you fire off both of them because I I think it's extremely correlated. Um, I, I certainly don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to win, but I certainly do feel that Josh Allen is right there. The NFL is only as popular as the stars it makes, and I think Josh Allen is that next guy. Taking any looks at Justin Herbert plus 900 or Joe Burrow plus 1,200? Absolutely. I think Joe Burrow is an absolute star in this league. He will win an MVP at some point because he's got that big of an arm. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's building continuity with his guys. I feel like he's going to get better every year. The loaded offensive lines. Absolutely loaded with weapons. The, even though the offensive line still isn't great, it's improved. Improved from an AFC championship team. So, um, yeah, I, I think that you could definitely fire off with Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is a winner, and I don't use I don't use the F word very often, but Joe Burrow is a bad motherfucker, dude. I wouldn't <laughs> want to play that dude at any point. Joe Burrow reminds me more of Tom Brady than any player I've ever seen. Um, he is not afraid of competition, man. That dude, he he'll. He'll fight anyone in a phone booth, in an alley. You can look at that guy in the eyes and know he believes in his skills, man. He's an Ohio kid. If you know anything about Ohio, Ohio breeds bad motherfuckers, man. So I wouldn't want any part of Joe Burrow. That dude's a bad man. Uh, any more thoughts on this list here? Uh, you know, it, to me, it's really a quarterback-driven award, unfortunately. Absolutely. And I think, I think it's horseshit. I really do. I think that, you know, running backs, play such a vital role in our in, in this particular league that we all love. Um, I mean, shit, dude. Like, look at Tom Brady, man. Tom Brady said 800. Would it shock you if the dude won the MVP? Like, no, not at all. Like, shit, man. Like, I, I, if you put a gun to my head right now and said pick two guys, I'd pick Josh Allen, I'd pick Tom Brady. Brady over Mahomes? I mean, yeah, I think call me a homer, man, but Brady's going to have <laughs> two games against the Panthers, two against the Falcons. Two against the Saints. Those should drive up his numbers. He's got all his best opponents at home. And quite frankly, man, he's got all the answers to the test. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want All right. Sorry about that, listeners. A little bit more technical difficulties. So Uncle Check kind of got cut off there. <laughs> uh, let's just go to Super Bowl, Super Bowl odds here. What do you think here, Uncle Chet? Yeah, no worries. Uh, we'll be able to get my, uh, my where. Where do we leave off? Buffalo or? Uh, we're we're still talking about. Um, I believe we were talking about MVP odds. So. Sure. So yeah, we'll we'll jump right over to uh, to my Super Bowl uh, three picks here. So basically, what I did is I identified my my six down to three, and I'll give you reasons for all three, and then at the end, I'll obviously pick the the one I think is ultimately going to win. So. Uh, first off, Buffalo plus 610. For obvious reasons, I think that they've gotten close the last couple of years. I think that there's a lot of continuity aside from the, uh, the, the play calling. And, and I really feel like Josh Allen has risen to, to, quite frankly, the next level. But what people don't talk about is how phenomenal Buffalo's defense has been. So uh, they have an elite pass defense. They have a very good pass rush. And, uh, and I really think this is their year. Uh, now, moving on to the Colts, I'm a homer, obviously. I'm an honorary Colts fan this year due to Matty Ice 
actually playing for a team that isn't betting against him. Um, so long story short, uh, you know, def- despite his advanced age, uh, you know, Matt Ryan is a massive upgrade at quarterback for the Colts. Um, obviously, don't uh, don't allow Carson Wentz to fool you. This team is absolutely loaded at most positions. I, I think that the uh, the Colts are playing in a, in a fairly weakened division, including the, the Titans. I think that they they've taken a massive step back. So I I think the Colts can amass some wins and potentially get a first round bye. And I also think that the the way that last year ended for the Colts, losing to the Jags in the last year of the season when a playoff berth was on the line, was which was a huge wake-up call. So I think everyone on this team is ready to prove that they weren't part of the problem, they're part of the solution, they want to put it on Wentz. So, um, and quite frankly, they've made massive upgrades on the defensive side of the ball with Stephon Gilmore, finally giving the Colts the number one shutdown quarter they needed. Basically, Stephon Gilmore had a year to recharge. So, um, and, and also, Indy plays the third easiest schedule in the NFL. And with their physical style of offense, I don't think anyone wants to play them. So, and then obviously moving to third, you've got yourself the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus seventy. Obviously, reasons you got the greatest quarterback ever lived. I think, uh, despite their great season, the Bucks play the seventh easiest schedule in the NFL. I'm not quite sure how who uh, who Brady since Navicado shakes you, uh, but uh, Tampa's defense is loaded. They uh, they obviously add on uh, Hakeem Nix to the interior of the defensive line, and they obviously resend Carlton Davis to a three year deal, which really kind of frees up some of the uh, the thoughts and the distractions and and the off season. And let's go ahead and look at the scheduling. Um, so the scheduling gods must love Tom Brady. Their uh, their toughest non divisional games against the Rams, Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Ravens, the Packers. Guess what? They get them all at home. So, quite frankly, I think that those three teams offer great value. Tampa is at plus 750. But at the end of the day, I do, I do feel like this is a, this Bills Mafia year as a uh, as a Falcons fan in other years past where people have to do the 28-3 jokes. 28-3 jokes. I think that uh, this is, quite frankly, Buffalo's year. And uh, I think it's... Uh, it's time we all jump through a table. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, I like Buffalo when it's Super Bowl, but much like the MVP futures, I don't typically like to bet the odds on favorite going into the season because, like I said, with the MVP odds, it, it really shakes out that way. But I do like I do like your Colts pick at plus 2,500. I think that is tremendous value. The Colts do have a high ceiling this season. They're very high upside. Um, I like the Baltimore Ravens plus two thousand as well. They're a great value. Coincidentally, all my Super Bowl favorite Super Bowl bets, Super Bowl winning bets, winner bets are out of the AFC this season. Um, and I I really like the Denver Broncos at plus seventeen hundred. Some places at plus sixteen hundred. Um, Russell Wilson, you know, coming to that team, he gives them Super Bowl experience, playoff, lots of playoff experience. And with that defense, they're absolutely loaded. Uh, Bradley Chubb coming back healthy. Hopefully he can stay healthy this season. Uh, Patrick Sertan Jr. Sec- coming in his second season. Um, yeah, that, that defense is absolutely loaded. So I, my, more, I, I like to bet more value when it comes to these types of future bets. I like to bet more long shots because look at the 
look the Bengals. What they had, like they're in the, the bottom five for Super Bowl odds coming into the season last year. They made it all the way to the Super Bowl. So you just yeah, it's, it's just, I like taking the long shots. Even the Eagles, I'm looking at plus twenty five hundred. I could absolutely see them making a deep run and potentially going to Super Bowl. Even the even the Cardinals plus three thousand. I mean, shit, I could see it. I could definitely see it happening, and it's worth. These teams are definitely worth a look. Yeah, if you, if you have $100 in your pocket, I think the smartest thing you can do is to absolutely put it on the Colts to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and plus 2340 because they have every single thing that you need from a team to win. They've got an average to above average defense. They've got an absolutely phenomenal offensive line with a great running back. And they have a quarterback with a lot to fucking prove in a very short amount of time. So I think the Colts are live as they've ever been. Um, they've kind of played chicken with a couple quarterbacks before, but let's face facts. I know many people aren't going to want to hear this, but Philip Rivers is not Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz is not Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is a top 30 all-time quarterback. And how many quarterbacks walking around the face of the earth can say, that they've won an MVP. There are very few. Matt Ryan is the real deal. And again, he's going to lay everything he has on the field this year. And despite everything that you think about the Falcons, yeah, we're a joke, we're a doormat, I get it. Matt Ryan is amongst the best top 10 or 5 every year in yards and mass, despite the fact that he's running for his goddamn life every play. So Matt Ryan is going to have more space to run more time to throw with the best running game he's ever had. Plus 2340 from what I've seen is the single best Super Bowl value that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Uh, if you guys want to look at even longer shots, you could look to the Miami Dolphins or the Ve- <clears throat> sorry for Vegas Raiders at plus 4,000 for both of them. Now, like I said, the long shots, but I can see a, a scenario where where both of them make a deep playoff run. Yeah, I'm an honorary I'm an honorary Colton Bucks fan this year, so call me a homer. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean there are some certain long shots out there, but uh, really I think this is Buffalo Super Bowl to uh, to win or lose. So, uh, but I think Kansas City can uh, if they can get some speed down the field and then the mass and team speed, Kansas City's worth a look to. Yeah. Any any thoughts here on the futures? You know, that's pretty much it. I think that the Colts probably hold the biggest value, whereas Buffalo is probably the safest choice. So I think that's the best way I can summarize it. Um, if you're an absolute chicken shit hiding <laughs> hiding behind a table like me, bet on Buffalo. And if you want to throw your uh, your testicles on the table, I think Colts are probably the team you want to side with. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I question <laughs> about the Colts is Frank Reich. I question if he's the guy. Oh, no, he's absolutely not the guy. Um, <laughs> but with that running game, is there a team in the AFC that wants to play them late in the season? I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want to try to. I wouldn't want to try to stop Jonathan Taylor in December or well, January. I mean, if they do get, forever, they, forever, really, yeah. They could have home field advantage where they play on play in the dome. So I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if. If they run the ball 40 times on you in a playoff game, 
you're going to have to you're going to have to drop two or three more defenders in, and Matt Ryan is still good enough to beat you with the weapons that he has. So there's no one in that division that's going to beat you. Um, I think the the AFC the AFC East is you know pretty fucking good with one team, but I really think it's going to come down to the Colts and the uh, the Bills in late January, and uh, you know you'll flip a fucking coin there. But it's just a matter where these games played. Yeah. All right. That does it for me. You have any other thoughts? Uh, no. I think uh, as a Braves fan, uh, I think that uh, we have a phenomenal team. But uh, if you have a, another hundred dollars uh, left in your pocket after betting the Colts, I think you should absolutely All bet right, the New York Mets. The New York Mets to win the World Series. I can't believe I'm giving that out, but this seems legit. I hate the Mets. Don't you know our listeners are rich people? They get rich off of our picks. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. An extra hundred dollars. Yeah, if you're fading us, if you're fading us, you have multiple hundred dollar bills in your pocket. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I uh, absolutely hate the Mets. I hate everything they stand for. I hate the white horse they rode in on. Um, but uh, man, it's going to be really tough to beat Scherzer and obviously Degrom, who's healthy. And you, when you're getting starts from Bassett and Drew Peterson, you're getting you know quality starts from those guys. And you have a lineup now that's not striking out. I've watched the Mets team. I hate the Mets team. But by God, this Mets team is really good. So I think they're better than the Dodgers. Call me a homer, but I think they're going to beat the Dodgers set up. So, uh, and basically, whoever wins the National League is going to win the whole damn thing. So if you can get a Mets future, not quite sure where it's at, uh, look at the Mets future. All right, there you go. Some bonus content for MLB. I'm digging it. Hopefully, our listeners stuck around long enough through our technical difficulties to get that <laughs> bonus content. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, John, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor broke through our uh, connection, so there's a, there's another future. <laughs> All right, yeah, well, let's get out of here. That does it. We will actually be back tomorrow talking about college football week one betting lines. I'm actually really excited about that. Got to do some research, stay up late all night. <laughs> I got to catch up on that, really. I got to do my research on that for tomorrow's episode. But yeah, we'll yeah, be working. I'll be working on the clock, so unnamed uh, employer. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, you always do your homework anyways. I, I, I'm not. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. See ya.